listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. You were not put on this earth for a beautiful house. You were not put on this earth for a really cool car. You were not put on this earth to have the kids that make honor roll every year. That's not why you're here. Those are fun. But that is not why you're here. You are here to establish the kingdom of heaven on this earth. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven here and now. That we don't have, the world doesn't have to wait to die to see heaven. But it can be fully released now because of the presence of God that has been released upon us. But only when we give ourselves fully to such a thing. We have to recognize that we are made for this. Do you believe that we are made for this? For such a time as this? For these things that we read in 1 Samuel, that the presence of God would be so heavily ushered in upon our community that people would prophesy, those that don't even know His name, would prophesy of what He's doing. Do you believe that you are made for that? That's the church answer is to say yes, but I'm asking you honestly, do you believe that you're made for it? And how many times do you need to say it till you're convinced of it? Well, we're going to start right now. I'm just going to ask you, this is elementary and I don't care. Say it with me. We are made for this. Say it. We are made for this. Say it again. We are made for this. Say, I am made for this. Say it. Say it. Do you believe it though? Those are really easy words to say. Do you believe everything that is rooted in those words? That you are made to release life upon this earth like it has never been seen before. That people would not have to seek him out. He would be waiting for them when they get home. Come on. The day and time where people come to church to meet with Jesus is long gone. It is over. We will usher in such a presence that they will not be able to escape it no matter where they go. They could dive in the dumpsters and he'll be waiting for them there. The worst of the worst will prophesy, amen. Amen. The church needs needs you to believe it. We as a corporate body need you individually to believe this. This community needs you to believe it. Because if not now, if we don't do this now, it becomes our children's job to do later. And that is unacceptable when we can do it now. When we can do it now, when we can usher in the presence of God that our children will grow grow up under such a presence, under such an anointing, where will the world be taken when they take the lead if they experience the presence of God like 1 Samuel 19, if they experience it now? Where will they go? What will be their ceiling if that is their ground floor? That their stories from their earliest memories would be of those prophesying of what the Lord is doing, those that did not know Him. Where will they go? That's what I want to know. I don't want to, I want to, I don't want to stay on the same floor. I don't want my children to learn the same lessons the same time I learned them. I learned these lessons that they don't have to. They can just be instructed in them now. But the hard lessons, unfortunately, in society, we learn these hard lessons. We don't share. We don't display. We don't show the wisdom of all these experiences. And then our kids have to relearn these things. And we find ourselves circling this track. We are made for an ever-increasing glory. We are not meant for a stagnant life. We are not meant for a hamster wheel spiritual walk that repeats itself over and over and over again. The time is now for this community to experience this presence of God. Stop turning to your experience. We talked about it last week. 
We turn oftentimes to our experience to judge what the Lord will or will not do based on what I've encountered thus far in my life. Who He will and who He will not use based on what I've encountered thus far in my life. How He will or will not use me based on what I've seen in my life. And unfortunately, we tend to judge what is happening by our own experience instead of allowing the Scripture and the Spirit of God to reveal these things to us. And we say, well, the Lord really hadn't used me very much in my life thus far, so He probably doesn't have a major role for me to play now. That is not it. That is not the presence of God that you are meant to know. That is a presence of God taught by man. That is not a presence of God that has been encountered by man. That is their own foolish understanding. Matthew 4, verse 3 says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Maybe some believe, well, if I've, I've made it this far, going my own way, what, what, why do I need to stop now? I've made it thus, this far. I've got a pretty good understanding. Life is going pretty good. Going my own way. But where does this way lead? Our way, and this is just a reality. This is just the fact. Our way does not lead people to the kingdom of God. Period. No ands, if, or buts about it. Our way does not lead people to the kingdom of God. It does not lead your family into his presence. And I don't want my kids, again, to have to go off on their own before they find the presence of God. That is not the life I want for my kids. I found the presence of God strung out on drugs in the middle of a dorm room in my darkest, darkest place is where I met the Lord. I have no intention of my children going to that same place to discover Him. What is the point of that, people? Why do we just toss our kids to the wind and hope that they figure it out on their own someday? No, put on display the presence of God in your relationship with Him now. God making his appeal through us. Who is the first group of people he's making his appeal to? Our families. And if you are not making an appeal to your family, are you making an appeal to anyone else? Absolutely not. God making his appeal through us that our children do not have to walk through the same things. It is my job, it is my honor to introduce my children to the presence of God. What an honor. To introduce those who I love most to the one who's had my heart the longest. It is, as a parent, our greatest honor. But that does not happen going my own way. Guided by my own experiences. As we can see outside, it's been raining lately. In odd amounts. In recent years. And... You know, we, I've had this conversation a bunch, but we're still, in all reality, we're still in a drought, right? Because what is a drought? If you look up, if you Google, I just wanted to know. I had never looked at this, but the yearly rainfall, the average, what it's supposed to be in West Texas is 36 inches a year. I don't know when the last time we saw that. <laughs> Not been in my time here. Right now, we're at 10, and we're kind of coming to an end on the year. So we probably won't make that quota. We're in a drought. It just simply means that there's less rain than what there's typically been. But to my children, to my kids, we aren't in a drought. 
This is the way that it has always been for them. This is totally normal to them. It's actually odd for them for it to see it rain this often. My boys, it drives them nuts. They go outside and they look at the rain. And they're like, this is the worst day of my life. Because I can't do anything with this. I have to be inside. They can't go outside. They can't play with their horses. They can't, ro- they can't, do, they can't break things and each other. And they just can't do the things that make them who they are. And they hate it. But for us, us adults that understand what we're in, it's a beautiful thing. And for a lot of us, we remember a time before there was a drought. But to them, this is all they've known. So it is with the Spirit. If we look to our own experiences to judge the moving of the Spirit, we will look at what He is wanting to do as extra, as bonus, as as not normal. To my children, this weather is not normal because it is beyond what they've experienced. And they'll dismiss it into this category of not normal. And we have done that in the church for a long time with the move of the Spirit. Because the the second the Lord wants to do anything in us, we think of this as extra, right? This is where we get this term of radical Christians. What a ridiculous term. Jesus was a radical Christian by those standards. Performing miracles, operating in complete obedience to what the Lord had for him. But this term comes from a place of normal Guided by my own experiences and then the Lord calling me out of those things. Oh, the Lord's just wanting to do a little bit, little bit more than normal. And that is not God. Exodus 14 is where we'll be next. We've read this several times. We know this story. Exodus 14, we're just going to start in verse 12. Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. The Lord has just called them out. The Lord is promising them freedom from slavery. Hundreds of years being slaves, they are promised freedom and they are called out, finally released. They've just seen plagues released upon the Egyptians. They've just witnessed the angel of death coming and killing the firstborn of all the Egyptians. Those that did not have the blood of the lamb upon their door. They've just witnessed all these things. And in a moment, when they hear the Egyptian army coming after them, they turn back to their own experiences. We should have just remained slaves. That's all they knew. To be in this for hundreds and hundreds of years, they know nothing else but slavery. They've heard stories, but they have not encountered those for themselves. They only know slavery. And they turned in a singular moment back to their experiences. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. What the Lord intends to do if they choose His leading is not, their, is not anything that they've ever experienced. It won't be anything that they can compare it to. It will be a new experience. It will become a new normal. They will know God in a new way if they will simply trust in His leading as He's prompting them to go forward. Now jump down to verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand 
over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Now this is their experience. Because of his leading, not their own, they have a new normal. They have a new normal. Again, we've talked about this. I've dwelt on this story a lot over the last several months. What it would have been like to be those people, we dismiss it. It's just these people that were like, oh yeah, frolicking through the dry ground as there's walls of water parted beside them. I don't know about you, but I would have been a little shaky on entering that place, a little bit terrified. But they had an understanding of the God that was working for them and not against them. They had a new experience and there was a new normal and I want that kind of normal for us. But what I have found out is this. You cannot generate a move of the Spirit of God. You can only join and yield to it. And now yielding, yielding in the world is seen as weakness. But yielding to the kingdom of heaven is not weakness. It is a mark of true faith and humility knowing that what he has For me, what I can see and what I cannot see is far greater than anything that I could come up with for myself. That's the faith of yielding to what the Spirit of God desires to do. And we read in John 5, 19 through 20, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing for whatever the Father does. That the Son does likewise, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. He desires us to do what he is doing and nothing else. But we must lay down our experiences as the guide of our life and the measure of his moving. What he has done thus far is what he has done thus far. But he says, greater works will he show us. He says we're made for an ever-increasing glory. How can we be made for something that is ever-increasing if we've encountered everything there is to experience? That doesn't make any sense. Church, we are made for ever-increasing move of God, an ever-increasing understanding of His presence, a deeper and deeper relationship. I don't want a God that I can spend five years getting to know and have Him figured out at the end of that time. What point is there in that? He's not that much greater than me if I can figure him out in a, in a short period of time. That is not who he is and our relationship is not ever meant to cease in the deepening and understanding of his heart and who I am in him. That is never meant to cease. That is never meant to stop. That is never meant to grow stagnant. He has new experiences for you. He wants to define your normal. He wants to call you out of the boat that you would walk upon the water with him that walking upon the water would become a new normal. But first, we've got to walk. Mark 7, 5 through 9 says, And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And he said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines they command the commandments of men. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of man. 
And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. Oh, that's a gut punch right there. And the Lord has said that and the Lord is saying that in this season to the church. He's saying that, he said that to me. He's saying that to to us in here. You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. You have a fine way of rejecting what I would do now that you could establish what you think should be done now. That is not, that is not for us. That is not meant to be us. And if we are not careful, every Sunday we can end up simply being a tradition passed down by man and not by God. Now God is a God of tradition. There is rich tradition within God and there is rich tradition to be found within God. But it is not tradition that is to be defined by man. That is actually the tradition of God beyond what you can see and measure. It will not ever be the same as it was yesterday. It will ever increase. That is a tradition of God. That sounds pretty good to me. That it would be ever increasing. He, does, he desires tradition here. Tradition of encounter, tradition of experiencing the presence of God. He wants to establish himself in our lives. Is that so bad? You tell me right here and now which part of this sounds unappealing to you. Because I can guarantee that on your best day, you can't even scratch the surface to his and what he has for you. If the stars align every day for the rest of your life, It will not come near as beautiful and glorious as it would if you just simply walked with him. Because here's the thing that I'm perplexed that we as a a Western civilization have a hard time with. The people that call Jesus Lord have a hard time understanding. And I don't know why, but we are made for him. All things, do you believe that? All things were made for him and through him. If that's true, how are you to do life without him? And it'd be fulfilling. And it'd be anywhere close to what you're meant for. There's no way. The answer is no way. There is no way. You were made for him. Your life is meant to be found in him and nowhere else. And this is for our encouragement, church, that what we have experienced thus far will not be the end of what we experienced in the future. Is that not good news? Is that not good news? Have we not, are we not hearing testimony of the Lord doing new and beautiful things, healing beyond what we could see, beyond the scope of our understanding, and Him just simply healing, not one, not two, but many? He's doing that right here before us, and we've talked about that, and we're rejoicing in the testimony of, of the Diaz's and what the Lord is doing. And we would rejoice in that last week, and then this week someone would come needing the same help. Come on. Now what is the Lord going to do? And you know what's so funny? Again, I'll say this, is that this happened at UMC, the things that the Lord was doing through the Diaz family, and now we've got someone at Covenant. There's two hospitals in Lubbock. They both need Jesus. Do they not? And now the Lord wants to get a hold of this place that the two places responsible for healing in our, in our West Texas would be anointed and full of the presence of God. Is that not healing? Is that not beyond the scope of our understanding? I can't imagine it. I can't comprehend it. But the Lord wants to do it. Church, 
Church, I'm asking you this morning to lay down your experiences and join him fully. We talked about it last week and I just can't get away from it. Of what happens when a community fully engages with the presence of God and what he wants to do. In full agreement, in complete agreement, complete abandonment to all else. I've heard this before, but if it requires everything in me, if it requires everything I have, it would still be worth it. And now that statement only comes from an experience, right? In faith, they've experienced that what he has for them is far greater than what they could have ever had for themselves. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a witness and I have testimony of that. What I th- thought was going to happen with my life, the direction I thought I was going, doesn't even scratch the surface to what my life is now. And it is him and completely him, period. And if we will just become completely devoted to Him, I believe this with everything in me. If we, this church, would not seek, not seek the gifts of healing, would not seek the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, but would simply seek the presence of God and those things will be added unto us, right? If I seek the gifts from God and not God Himself, I'll always miss the gifts. I'll never experience those. But if I would simply engage in it and pursue the presence of God, and not worry about anything else. Stop worrying about how the Lord's going to use you. Stop worrying about uh, how the Lord's going to save this community. Just be a people. You, your family, in your own house, and we as a corporate body, be a people devoted to pursuing His heart and nothing else. And all these things will be added unto us. This happened. 1 Samuel 19 happened because not because David sought that the men of Saul would prophesy but because he sought him who anointed him. And in that, those that stood against him could not deny the anointing upon him. And they would prophesy it. Those that would stand against it from happening would begin to prophesy the very thing they stood against. Does that not sound all right? That sounds pretty good for Sundown, Texas. That there would not be anyone that could deny the anointing that is placed upon your heads. And that the Spirit of God would so heavily flow from you that the world around you would be completely transformed whether they like it or not. Right? That the presence of God would be undeniable. Undeniable. We need Him, church. We need Him. And it is a beautiful thing to need Him. In, in the world, to need something, again, is seen as weakness. But to need God is a beautiful place to be. David needed God. And in that, men sought to kill him, began to prophesy over him. It is a beautiful place to be in this, this recognizing uh, and understanding of I need you, period. Let's be that church. Let's be those that recognize how, how desperately we need him. Stop turning to our experiences to define what tomorrow will bring and allow him to define it for us. For you are made for an ever-increasing glory, period. So tomorrow cannot define today or today and yesterday cannot define what tomorrow will bring. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.